What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Pass the Torch for Season 2. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, we are fired up to have you here. I'm your host, Danny Healy, head of content here at Torch Pro, and we have a stacked lineup of incredible guests coming your way for Season 2 of Pass the Torch. We ended Season 1 with a bang, interviewing UFC's Dana White out in Las Vegas, among other superstars in the world of sports, and we're looking to build on that great momentum. Again, for you newcomers, Torch Pro is a sports media company that helps pro athletes share their experiences and stories beyond the field through content. So make sure you check us out on social media. You can find us at Torch Pro on Instagram and TikTok. And then you have to check out our Morning Blitz daily sports newsletter that will help you become a smarter sports fan. It's everything you need to know about the world of sports delivered right to your inbox in a five minute or less read. In season two of Pass the Torch, I will be interviewing athletes from the NFL, NBA, NHL, World of Golf, lacrosse, and media personalities on their journey in sports and some of the greatest lessons that they've learned along the way. Our podcast gives these athletes a platform to quite simply pass the torch to the next generation. You don't have to be an athlete or even a big sports fan to fully appreciate these stories that these athletes have to tell, as there are lessons that every type of listener can learn from. So without further ado, let's dive into season two. We kick off things with an incredible guest that we were able to interview out in Lake Tahoe in person at the ACC Celebrity Golf Tournament. It's Minnesota Vikings star wide receiver, Adam Thielen. Adam has an inspiring underdog story coming from a small town in Minnesota and playing his college ball at a D2 school before working his way onto the Minnesota Vikings roster and becoming a two-time all-pro wide receiver in the NFL. In this episode, we chat about his challenging journey to the NFL, how his leadership has developed over the years, how golf helps him become stronger mentally on the field, his gym venture, ETS performance, and of course, his take on whether his star teammate, Justin Jefferson, has better hands than him. This episode will have you ready to run through a wall, but first, we couldn't make it happen without our sponsor, Legends. If you're looking to refresh your wardrobe this fall, you won't find a more comfortable option than Legends. Whether you're working out, taking in a full Sunday of football on the couch, or hanging around town, Legends has you covered. With the weather finally looking to cool down, Try out the Hawthorne Tech hoodie and joggers. It's all we've been rocking at Torch Pro. You can even try Legends for free, for free, for 10 days, and only pay what you keep. Visit legends.com and use code TORCH20 to save 20% on your order. That's legends.com, promo code TORCH20. Now go become legendary. Now please welcome Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen, fresh off the golf course out in Lake Tahoe. So make sure you subscribe and share this podcast. Let's go. Adam Thielen, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate the time. I know it's a busy weekend out here at the ACC and it's a ton of fun, but how are you feeling today? Good. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a wild round. I think the guy uh, interviewed me after the round and said that uh, your scorecard looks psychotic. And I said, well, that's my golf game. <laughs> so uh, there was a lot of birdies and a lot of doubles, which is uh, probably not the most fun way to play golf, but we did it. Yeah. So golf's been a big part of your kind of be on the field when you're not playing football in the summers. That's like what you do, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, it's like my one like release. You know, I kind of go out there and don't think about my job or tough things going on in life, stuff like that. And I just be able to go out there and just, you know, try to get this white ball in a hole. And that's all I'm focused on for four hours. So I really enjoy it. I love the competitiveness of it. Like, you know, competitive with yourself that every time you go out there, you can, you can compete. And then, um, competitive golf, like playing in tournaments like these is, is my favorite thing. It's gotta be a blast. Yeah. You just have to like take it to a different level, like focus level, the grind. And it's just, uh, for me, I love that. 
Yeah. And so I've talked to a few athletes now out here and they say that golf kind of helps them become better at their sport on the field. And it's a lot of like mental toughness things. Do you see that with football for you? Yeah, for sure. I think when I look back at like my high school career, right? Like I played four sports all the way through and I can kind of pick something from each sport of how it helped me get to where I am. Mm-hmm. And now it's to a point where, you know, I've taken some of those things from golf to, to help me in my football career. But I also now like I use it as a way to actually develop mental toughness, develop you know, how do I work on the mental side of the sport? And I don't think there's really any way you can do that. There's a lot of people trying to do stuff like that, but I just don't think really anything does that. But when you compete with golf, I think it just is a whole different level of mental toughness and how you handle certain situation ups and downs. And, and you're out there on an island by yourself. You know, right. you don't have a teammate to blame it on or, or to, to look at uh, for help. It's just you and that, that mental grind, I think, can help me. Yeah, you got to be able to forget those double bogeys, come back and, and hit a bird or a par right there. And so I want to, you mentioned you played four sports growing up. I want to flip over to your, your career because you have a great underdog story, right? A lot of lessons learned throughout, throughout your journey to the NFL. But throwing back to when you were in high school, did you always think that the NFL was your goal and that's what you wanted to do? I probably had more of a vision of being the NBA than it was in the really? NFL. But honestly, uh, for me, it was like whatever sport I was playing, that was like, oh, I'm going to go to the NFL or oh, I'm going to go play in the MLB or I'm going to go be on the PGA Tour. Like whatever sport was like that season, like I thought I was, I thought I was going to do it. And, you know, I never really thought too much of it. I kind of just like focused on the moment and just loved to compete. I loved to play sports. I loved the, the switch of sports. Like each yeah. season was like, you know, it's kind of like a refresher. It was like, all right, like football season's done. Okay, now I got to like dial it in and, and on the basketball court. Like I got to go get shots up. I got to go grind there. And I love that like change of pace and kind of just that trying to figure out like how to handle adversity because like you're switching up so much that like you don't really get in the groove in any of them, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And so you ended up picking football, right? And you played D2 at Minnesota State. And so you had this great underdog journey, as I mentioned, and you, you go undrafted. You probably use that as some motivation, right? But I saw this great quote from you. You talked about having like a delusional mindset throughout that rookie camp that you were invited to and just acting like you were supposed to be there. Is that a big part of like where your confidence come from and that swagger? Yeah, I think if you asked my wife, she would say I am delusional. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it is funny looking back at it. I look back to rookie camp. I wasn't signed. I was literally just invited for three days. And at that point, we had 90, we already had a 90 man roster, and you can only have 90 guys on your roster. So for me to make it, the chances, I think if you look at the statistics, is like well below 1%, but I think it's less than like 0.1% right. of guys that actually come to the rookie camp and make it, make uh, the team from there or get signed. And so I wasn't even thinking about that, which a person that's actually smart will probably actually be like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, I don't know. But I just like went out there and I just like was playing football. It's like I was with the boys, like I was at Mankato or at Detroit right. Lakes in high school. Like it, it just didn't feel any different. I was just out there playing ball. But now I look back at it, I'm actually like more nervous looking at it from now to then than I was in the moment, which is wild. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a great mindset to have. And so talk to me about that practice squad grind because you didn't get on the playing field right away when you signed with the Vikings. So did that grind trying to make the 53 man roster ever feel like it was too much and you wanted to quit or you were always just day by day trying to get better? No, never, ever felt like I wanted to quit. Like, I, I think it, it just motivated me. Like, I wanted to work harder. I wanted uh, more opportunity to show what I could do. I wanted just to just keep pushing, keep pushing. And every day in practice, I felt like this was my game day. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust their tail week in, week out, every single day. It was a really cool opportunity to go against starters every day in practice. Where, like, if you're a starter in the NFL, like, you're going against the practice squad guys, right? Or some of the backups. And you're not going against starters every day. So for me, I was going against starters every single day. So 
the amount of growth I had in that first year was unbelievable. In the moment, I was super frustrated. Like I wanted to play. You know, I never sat on the bench since my freshman year at Mankato when I was redshirted. But it's it just, it wasn't a great feeling in the moment. But looking back at it now, the amount of growth I had was was the most growth I've ever had in my entire career, high school, college, or NFL. Yeah, and to make that 53-man roster, you didn't you didn't come on the team and just be the star receiver right away, right? You were on special teams, making tackles, doing all that. Was that a big part of just like be a team guy, do your job type of mindset to be able to make that roster? I don't know if I would uh, say as a team guy, it was more so like this is my livelihood. Okay, it's the only yeah. chance I have, right? Like, uh, yeah, like obviously you want to help the team win and you're going to do whatever it takes. But at the end of the day, like it's cutthroat. Like if you don't do it, you don't make the team. So figure out a way to make the team, figure out a way to have a role. For me, it was like a really cool challenge because I'd never played special teams in my entire life. Never in high school, never in middle school. I'd never played special teams other than like a punt returner. And I wasn't a punt returner at that point in my career. So it was a cool challenge. Almost like I was playing a different sport. I hadn't tackled someone since my senior year of high school. And then I'm running down full speed on kickoff in an NFL football game and have to go tackle this guy that's the fastest athlete in, in the world. You know, like some of these guys are, the kick returners are, you know, some, there are a lot of track athletes, right? Some of the fastest people in the world. So it, it definitely was a was a really cool challenge. And I, I kind of just took it and, and ran with it. Yeah, you got to embrace that journey, right? And so was there any better feeling than your first action as a Minnesota Viking, that first game? Yeah, no, it was really special. You know, I look back at it. My buddy Cordero had a, a run, like they, they ran a toss play. And, and at that time, my career is my second year in the NFL, my first year on the active roster. And and my role at that time was basically I come in when it was, we call it 22 personnel. So there's only one receiver on the field and the rest is basically you're just running the ball. You never throw it out of that package. One out of 100 times, maybe. And so my role was like to come in there and block and do my job. And I remember it was, it was early in the game, my first game in my career. And uh, we ran a toss play to Cordero and I ran my tail off to the other side to try to make a block for him. And Cordero and I were roommates, were super close, still to this day. And and so I'm going there to block for my guy and he breaks it and he cuts back like eight times. And there was like a few times where I was like right in the way because like I'm, I'm trying to block for him and he's running right into me. And uh, it's kind of a joke, like I, I almost tackled him, but he ended up scoring on that play. It was like a 70 yard run. But that was one of my, my first memories of, of, you know, playing and, and, and suiting up for my hometown team. Yeah, I can only imagine that celebration in the end zone with Cordell. What a special athlete he is too. He's still crushing it. Oh, he's unbelievable. And that was like, it was unbelievable because now that's what they're using him as. Yeah. What, what we did that first year. And he's unbelievable. I've never seen anybody that big, that fast, that strong. He's unbelievable athlete and great football player. And, and like I said, close friend. Yeah, super special athlete. And so you mentioned your hometown team, right? So you grew up a Vikings fan, right? And you, did, yeah. you were probably idolizing Chris Carter, or maybe Randy Moss, that generation. For sure. Yeah, I grew up watching Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Jake Reed. They called them the triple threat. I had a poster in my bedroom of those guys, you know, like the triple threat. And funny enough, the, those guys came back for, I think, maybe one of those guys getting in the Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, something. And so all three of them were back, and uh, one of our PR guys made sure that they signed one of those 3D posters. They found a 3D poster from back in the day, and they all signed it to me. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Never would have thought I would have had those three guys yeah, autographed. It's, it's got to be surreal for you now, kind of looking back at it. You kind of are in the same position as them. You've probably had some type of relationship with them now, right? Yeah, for sure. Those guys have been been awesome. They They love football. So... Anytime they're around, they don't want to talk about anything else other than, hey, like I saw you doing this. That was great. Or, you know, I think you could do this better. Or when I was running routes, like this is what I would do. So uh, it's been fun to pick their brains. And, and especially, you know, coming from I was watching them since I was five. I was like, 
was like, I already know what you're about to say because I, I watched you. Like, that's what I, I wanted to emulate, you know, as a kid. Right. And so now kind of wrapping up your, your football journey, because I want to talk some things beyond the field. But how has your role in the locker room kind of changed over the years? Because you were that practice squad guy early on. You were trying to grind and get your way on the team. But now you're a leader, right? And you have guys like Justin Jefferson, who's a superstar. But he's probably looking up to you to, to learn some things, kind of that same role that you were with with well, not on the same team as Moss and Carter, but kind of that same similar role model. So how has that transition been for you? It's been awesome. I, I really enjoy that part of the game. I love to teach. I love to help um, where I can help. I love to watch and learn. So, you know, even those guys are a lot younger than me, maybe a lot less experienced, but there's a lot of stuff I can take from their games. And uh, Justin obviously is a special football player and come in. I've never seen anybody come in their first year and, and have the impact that he's had in this first two years. So I'm always learning from those guys, but yeah, it's, it's fun for me. It's what keeps me fresh and young. And I love to just, uh, keep people smiling, having fun every day. I kind of make it a point that when I go in the building, I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to be energetic. I'm going to try to make people laugh. I might be an, an idiot in, in some of yeah. their minds, but, uh, I, I just like to have fun and, and be light with it. And then when it gets to, you know, go time and I'm on the field, I'm serious and I'm, I'm playing ball and I'm competing and I'm trying to win, but I, I love to keep it light. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys are you guys are an easy team to root for. So good luck this season. Um, I think I'll be a Vikings fan. I love it. Um, but so you have a, a lot going on beyond the field, right? So talk to me about your journey and kind of inspiration for starting. I know you have your partner, but with ETS, right? And so the gym that you invested in are a partner. And so talk to me about that inspiration for founding that company. Yeah. So when I started trying to train for the NFL, I knew that I needed more than just like my buddy who did a great job helping me out. But I needed you know a professional, somebody that's the best at their job to help me be the best at my job. And so I found Ryan Engelbert who owned ETS. They had one location at the time or he had one location at the time and found him and, and I started training and I knew from day one, like this was a perfect fit for me. And the stuff that he was doing, I could see how it translates. I was doing some of the traditional stuff that I know works, but also progressing and, and doing some progressive stuff that, that maybe some other people weren't doing. And then when I saw like the systematic approach, right? Like it wasn't just like the workout on the board or just like, the same workouts every off season when I kind of did off season after off season and I could see how it translates from what we were doing there with that systematic approach, how it translated to the field. I was all in. And so we started talking early on, probably my second or third year uh, working out with them. Like, Hey, how can I get involved? How can we maybe do something together? Maybe another location. So the journey is kind of wild. It's a long story, but we ended right. up opening up a gym together. He sold his original location and then we opened up a gym together. And so we just had one location again, but it was in a different location and it killed it. It went crazy. And a lot of kids had a lot of success. The director there, uh, Trevor killed it, Trevor morning. And we kind of felt like we we had something. We felt like we could take this to every community in the twin cities and then beyond. And we just got to find a way to how to do it. Right. So we did. And Ryan obviously does the leg work. Uh, and then, uh, we've added some pieces there that have been, uh, been huge. And now we have 17 locations and six more before the new year wow. and the hopes to have 300 300 at some point so that's awesome it's been awesome and it's cool to see honestly that it obviously being a part of a business is awesome and, and seeing it grow and things like that but to see the impact it's making in these communities and these kids far outweighs that everything else so that that's been really cool and and uh these kids have had a lot of success and and they've grown and matured and and uh the stories that we've gotten from some of the directors have been been way more impactful for me than than the business side of it 
Yeah. And so you brought, you guys are focused on that younger generation, right? With the gyms. Yeah. And so how important for you? Cause I always think it's, it's really great to see athletes use their platform to inspire like positive change and, and young generations. So has that been a big component of why you wanted to start the gym? Yeah, for sure. So it's all middle school and high school athletes. So my wife and I are, our, our vision is to help as many youth as possible. Like that's, that's what our foundation is. Our, the Thielen foundation we work with helping youth reach our full potential. That's, that's our motto. And so uh, the gym lined up right with that, right? Middle school, high school athletes. What a better way to impact kids than get them at the middle school level and to do it through sport. Both of us are athletes. And so we wanted to make sure that, that we are impacting the youth through sport, not to help them at just in their sport, but also to help them in life. And we feel like sport can help you in life more than a lot of other things. So that's kind of, uh, it, it kind of just aligned right with what we, what, what our mission was. That's awesome. I hope I can see one uh, pop up one day in the Boston area. Yeah, for sure. It will be. It will be. Yeah. And so you started a podcast too, right? An ETS podcast with your partner, Ryan. And so what was that journey like? And why did you guys want to do that? Yeah. So I've been pushing Ryan a long time for it. I like to talk as you can tell, <laughs> but uh, no, I thought it, uh, the vision was kind of saying, okay, Hey, we have all these locations now and we keep growing and we don't really have any content for them to like show the parent who they are as the directors, as the people that are going to be training their kids. And as a parent now, I realize like, hey, like it's a little uneasy dropping your kid off at a random place and you can't like really be there involved, you know, especially nowadays that, you know, you just never know what's going on. So I just like, how, what a better way to like show who, showcase who these guys are. And then every time an athlete signs up, they can send them a video of first of all, who the founders are or the founder and then partners, who they are as people first, and then showcase the directors. And then once that, that's kind of, we got all that content and, and we were able to give that to them. And now we're kind of bringing it to the athletes that we've trained and impacted. Maybe some people, male or female, that we haven't trained, but their stories are awesome and their grind is awesome and, and their motivation is awesome. So I'm just trying to bring good role models to these kids. Hopefully like all these kids through, through these gyms are listening to them because there's, there's some great tidbits of how some of these guys overcame adversity and got to where they are, you know, just life lessons. Yeah. And so that was kind of the vision behind it. And it's been a lot of fun. Now, we didn't really know what it would, how it would look or how it would turn out, but it's been awesome. Yeah, I think it's super smart for you guys. I think content is the foundation of any brand, right? And so it's cool. I, I've actually been listening as well. And so I loved your conversation with your quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I thought it was great to kind of hear his underdog story and kind of you guys go back and forth there. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You would think like, you know, in the NFL that – that everyone will know everything about a lot of these guys, especially a guy like Kirk Cousins, right? Like 100%. he's, everyone knows who he is, that name, you know, he's a very popular quarterback, right? And so it was, it's just cool to, to share these stories as you're, as you're doing, you know, it, it being able to share kind of more to them other than their football grind, right? Everyone knows he went to Michigan State. Everyone knows where he went to high school, but do they really know how he got there? Why did he go to Michigan State? You know, why did he or get to the, why did he not play the first few years in the NFL? You know, I think uh, that stuff is, is cool. Honestly, I don't even know it going into these. So right. for me, it's like, I'm listening to him. I'm like, this is amazing. Right. And I didn't know that, I didn't even know it was going to go as well as it was going to go. So it's been fun. Yeah, hearing the struggles of like his early days with the Redskins, right? When he was sitting behind RG3, who won rookie of the year that year, but like he embraced it like you did and just like took it as like a class and was learning a lot. And so it's put him a long way because he's had a great career so far. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, like our motto at the gym is commit, overcome, conquer. And so a lot of the stories, we don't even, you know, intended to come out that way, but it usually ends up being that they committed to doing something and then they overcame a lot of adversity. And yeah. then in the end, you know, they had some success. So it's kind of wild because like, that's what we always talk about. We, we push that on our athletes. 
But then when you're able to share those stories and it's like literally aligns exactly like that, I think that just kind of pushes into those kids that like, no, this is not just, you know, talk. This is like real life and, and it does work. Yeah, it's great to see. I think you're making a huge difference. So I would, I would keep at it. And uh, we'll dive into some rapid fire here. So right. you can go one word, one phrase, take as long as you want. Who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? Randy Moss. Who's your favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Oh, shoot. Probably Steph Curry. I'm a basketball guy. And uh, the way that he's like playing the game right now and, and uh, the way that he shoots the ball is just incredible. It blows my mind every time because I feel like it just can't keep getting better, but he does. So it's pretty cool. He's so good. So true or false, you have better hands than Justin Jefferson. Uh, true. True. Who's the best athlete on the Vikings? Probably Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to play in the PGA Tour after your NFL career? I'm sure going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Give it a go. So where is the best hidden gem restaurant in Minnesota? Best hidden gem. I mean, it's probably Redstone is probably what I would say. It's not like in downtown, so no one really says of it as like the best restaurant, but it's really good. Never been, but I will check out Redstone when I go. Check it out. Favorite club in the golf bag? Uh, driver. Hidden bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Last one here, but what is one word that best describes you? Oh man, my wife, you should ask my wife this question. Probably, probably wild. Wild. Probably wild. Unreal. <laughs> so I appreciate your time today. We're going to finish up with one kind of motivational question here at the end. But if there's one or one piece of advice that you've learned throughout your career that you could pass along to the next generation, we talked to a lot of themes today, but that one piece of advice that you could pass along so they could accomplish their dreams, what would that be? Yeah, I, I already said it, but, and I hate to reiterate it, but, but commit, overcome, conquer. I mean, you know, sometimes when you, you hear those words, you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. But like, when you really think about it, like, you have to commit to something, right? You have to be all in, you know, which I'm terrible at my golf game. I, I never commit to my swing, right? But commit to something, right? If you're going to play a sport, play it. Even if maybe, you know, some tough times and you don't feel like playing, you know, maybe you're frustrated with the coaches or, or players, some commit, commit to it and let it run its course. After the season's over, you'd make that decision then, but commit number one. And then you're going to have adversity. I don't care who you are. I don't know how good of an athlete you are. I don't care. What you've been through, like you're going to have adversity. It's going to happen. And I can promise you that. So you commit, you're going to have some adversity. So you just keep fighting. And then once you get through that adversity is when you have that, that success yep. and, and you conquer, right? You conquer those goals and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But when you do those two first two things, I promise you there'll be success following it. I love it, man. You have me all fired up now. It's all about being consistent about that as well. And so thank you for your time. Um, really appreciate it. And good luck this season. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Pass the Torch with Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen. I hope you enjoyed listening to him as much as I did. We'd appreciate your support of the podcast by liking this episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Also, leave a review and share this conversation with friends. Remember, you can always check out our video version of the podcast on our Torch Pro YouTube channel. We'll see you next week for a great conversation with NFL insider Jeff Darlington as he talks about his journey rising the ranks of media at ESPN in the 2022 NFL season. Shout out to our sponsor, Legends. Head to legends.com and use Torch20 for 20% off your order today. It's the best apparel brand in the game. We'll see you next week or hopefully in your email inbox reading our Morning Blitz Daily Sports Newsletter. 
Let's go. 